0: Struck wonder at the mention of your name, Jesus. Your name is power, breath and living water. Such a marvelous mystery.
1: Amen. I believe you guys are welcome to have a seat. Yeah. You believe,
2: right, Mark? That's good.
1: All right. Let me just
2: uh, let's continue with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, after we sing uh, such a wonderful song like that, it's it's impossible not to just um, just be overcome by who you are and what you've done, and and what you've done in our lives. And and God, even more than the things that you've done, just who you are—holy, holy, holy. And so, Lord. As we continue with this special time of dedication, Lord, I pray that um, you would be honored, that you would be magnified, that um, everything we do might please you. And so, God, we thank you again. I thank you for all those who are here. I pray for those who I know wanted to be here but couldn't tonight. um, And just pray, Lord, for them. I know they're here with us in spirit. And, and Lord, I just pray now that you would guide us and be with every element of the rest of this dedication time. As we give it to you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. As I was um, thinking about what to do for this dedication service, there was, there was uh, really, honestly, I've never dedicated a building to the Lord before, so I was kind of, what, what do I do in a dedication service? But I knew there was a few different people I would like to have come and, and share with you and to talk with you. And uh, one of those is Steve Hammock, who is the pastor of our sponsor church, Anchor um many of you know steve but some of you may not know steve uh many of those who come into Harbins right now are, are new to Harbins and know that we have a sponsor church but maybe have never met steve and when greg t and i were called out to start this church um oh, th- over three years ago now um we uh, needed somebody to be our sponsor church and um Uh, Roger Farrell at that time was with the association, he pointed us to to Steve, and we went and met with Steve Hammack and with the rest of the elders, and I remember leaving there and and looking at Greg and saying, man, it's like, it's like a hand in glove. It fits perfect. They're just, they they were so like-minded in so many different ways, like-minded theologically, like-minded with our methodology, just like-minded in so many different ways, and I was so excited, and all I could do was just praise God because only Greg knows the challenge from the moment we decided to plant to that moment that we were in Steve's office. Uh, there was a lot of stress. There's some other people here that know as well, but there was a lot of stress at the time. We just didn't know what was going to happen. You know, um, we had stuff packed in boxes ready to go anywhere, and we didn't know what God was going to do. And it was just like God lifted those burdens and answered those prayers almost immediately as we sat there in that office. And I don't know what Steve thought of us. We had a nice little slick presentation and everything. And we, you know, we laid it all out there. But uh, but I know on our end, we were blessed tremendously just to meet you guys. Even if we wouldn't have partnered together, we knew we had a partner in Christ in your church. And so I want to welcome Steve Hammock. Ask him to come up and say a few words. Yeah.
3: Well, we feel like a proud parent tonight that... Having a child graduate summa cum laude and the valedictorian and and all the other accolades that can be given. We are very excited about what God has done here at Harbin's. And Steve, you and, and Greg and many other faces that have come and gone over the last three years have been used of the Lord in great ways. And we're excited about what God has done. As I was thinking, about this evening, and about being here this afternoon, I've been reading in Second Chronicles, and it was just normal and natural that the passage where Solomon had finally taken the, the vision that God had given his father David and brought it to fruition, and they were gathering and they were praising and worshiping, And, and one of the phrases that jumped out at me is that, "God is good, His love endures forever." And as I bring greetings to you from Anchor Church and from the elders of Anchor Church and the people of Anchor Church, we have been praying for you guys for the last three years. And even before that, because we wanted to plant a church. And our associate pastor, who's since going to be with the Lord, and I would drive over in this area before we ever even had met Steve. And we would drive around. We felt like that God wanted us to plant a church in Harbin's. And we even took summer missionaries one summer, and we we knocked on doors, and we worked this area. And when Stephen and Greg showed up, all of our elders completely agreed, this is the hand of God. God is good, and His love endures forever. And our prayer for you as a church is that in the days ahead, that this will be a place where people come to hear of the goodness of God. This will be a place where this altar is filled on a regular basis as people are responding to the goodness of God and his word. And this will also be a place where God's love is constantly poured out upon you, upon your pastor, upon those who will be equippers in the future that God brings as as many people come to this place and as the church grows. I believe that the future is very, very bright for this body of believers. We're excited for you, and even though we're not taking our hands off of you, we still love you. We're going to be here for you any way we can help you. It's been a joy and a privilege for us to invest in you guys through prayer, through finances, through standing alongside you, and we're so thankful for you. I'd love just to have a word of prayer for you if we could and, and uh, praise the Lord for you. Father, this is an exciting day. And we are thrilled to be a part, just a small part, to see what you're doing. And I thank you, God, for the way that you have laid it upon individuals' hearts to be moved by you, to be good, for the way that you have brought families into this place, and they have also experienced your goodness. And, Lord, just as your glory entered into the temple there, and the priest could no longer minister because of your presence, Father, our prayer is that this place will be filled with your glory and that people will be impacted, even driving down Harbin's Road, that they will be drawn into this place, that their hearts will be warmed by the Word of God, and that this will be a place where Jesus Christ is Lord, is lifted up, and is glorified. Father, I know that the enemy has even been working overtime in the last few weeks And I ask you, Father, just as a parent overseeing a child, Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name and by the power of your shed blood that you would bind the enemy from this place and that this property, every square inch of this this land and this building would be given over to you and that, God, this would be a place that you would be protecting, you would be overseeing, and that everything that takes place here would be for your glory. Thank you, God, that even though you choose not to dwell in temples built by human hands today, that you still ordain buildings to be set apart for your glory. And God, we thank you that this place is being set apart this day. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We look forward to hearing great things from you in the days ahead.
2: Thank you. Um, this church would not be here if it weren't for the help of uh, our mother church, Anchor. But it also wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our local Baptist association, the Gwinnett Metro Baptist Association. Um, again, going back to that journey, not quite knowing where uh, God was calling us to plant. Uh, for those of you who don't know the story, it was Arkansas at one point. And then it wasn't Arkansas. It was possibly North Carolina at one point. And then it just didn't feel right. didn't like the DOM up there. That's my dad, but I'm just joking. No. but um, couldn't go there. We did, God wasn't opening the doors. Um, and so we came to the Gwinnett Metro Baptist Association and asked if they were wanting to plant a church. And um, Roger Farrell, the um, church planning strategist at that time, pointed us out in this direction. And after praying about it and then getting hooked up with Anchor, we felt like it was the right thing. But not only did they point us in the right direction, the association then came and Uh, allowed us to be their key church plant for that first year, which um, secured more funding for us than we would normally have as a church plant. That was absolutely vital that first year, was to have that extra support and that extra funding. And so if that wasn't enough, uh, one day Sid, uh, well, Roger calls me. Sid had Roger call me and had us meet at 1522 Harbins Road. When we came out here and, uh, and Sid... Uh, showed us this property and, and shared with us the great news that, that God had woken uh, someone up in the middle of the night to give this land to a church, to start a church at Harbin's. And uh, it was overwhelming to see what God was doing. So I want to just ask now that for Sid Hopkins, our um, Director of Missions for the Gwinnett Metro Baptist Association, who's been such an important part of this church becoming what it is, and ask him to say a few words
4: I'm going to step up a little bit because I'm so short you can't see me otherwise. What a joy and a privilege it is to come today and to be here and to celebrate with you. We have 132 congregations in our association now, four others that we're working with that will be recommended later this year as our credentials committee works with them. And we're excited about you and what God is doing here at Harbin's Community Baptist Church and what he's going to do even greater things in the days ahead. Thinking back to what has transpired, Steve Hammock and I have known each other for years as he started as a church planner, coming out and starting Anchor. And uh, Mickey Mayfield and I had helped to find the land where their church is. And then uh, as we had bought some property out here at the corner of the big curve there, uh, we had five acres of land there. But God just never quite opened the door to put a church there. And as Steve mentioned, uh, on a Monday morning I got a call from an old friend who said God had awakened him at 2 o'clock in the morning and told him to call me and to tell me that we needed a church out here. And so I let him talk and share a little bit. And I had already visited with Steve and them in the school where they had been meeting, and I knew how difficult that was and how hard that is to load up everything every week and move in. They've got our our trailer out here that they use to haul stuff, but just to get truck and people and hauling stuff in is difficult. And so I heard on the other end of the phone, we need a church out there. And I said, yes, we really do. And the commitment was said and given, well, I have 16 and a half acres out there, and I would like to give it for a new church. And he said, what could you do to help start one? I said, well, we don't really have to start one because God has already been working, and he already has a congregation gathering in the school. It's small, but they need a place to go and a place to call home. And so we then connected Steve with that individual, uh, and they met and talked, and uh, uh, we saw God move in other ways. Uh, I had uh, insisted that Roger get them connected to Steve because I knew Steve had had those summer missionaries out here and already had a heart for this work. And so behind the scenes, lots of people had been praying and asking God to do a mighty work in this area, and this building is a culmination of that. Matthew 1618, Jesus gives a promise that He will build His church. And folks, it's not dependent upon anybody that gives land or helps to build a building. It's not dependent upon Steve and others as pastors and elders. It's not dependent upon me and the association or mother church. It really all depends upon God. He is the author and the finisher. And this facility and this land here are just instruments that he's going to use to touch lives. I was excited to look around and see all these children here in the building. Some of us are getting a little bit older, but they've got their lives ahead of them, and many of them will come to know Christ and be baptized in this baptistry. Some of those who are older will be married and will walk down this aisle of this building, and they'll be joined to a wife for the rest of their lives. So many wonderful, exciting things will happen and we want to join with you in just celebrating and thanking God for what he is doing and how he is working and knowing that this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what he's going to do here. Steve, we congratulate you and the elders. We congratulate all the people. Uh, Steve's father is a director of missions and he and I have known each other for some time and he's here. and. A proud mom and dad uh, steve uh, here celebrating with them but isn't this a wonderful day to gather together and see and thank god for what he's doing so i'd like to just offer a prayer of thanksgiving to god for what he has done father the word says that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and the reality is that all that we have and all that we are and all that we will ever be belongs to you we thank you that in your divine wisdom you have chosen to bless certain people that have the gift of giving, that because you bless them and give them a heart for you, that they in turn bless your kingdom's work. And for that individual and his wife who gave this property and this building uh, being built here, Lord, what an instrumental part they have had in moving the kingdom of God forward in this area. So we thank you for their lives, for their dedication to you, We thank you for those that you've called out to be a part of this body of believers. And some may be even visiting today just to see what's going to go on. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will touch their hearts, excite them, and call them out to be a part of this body called Harbin's Community Baptist Church. We praise you and thank you for this building. But Lord, it's the people that make up the church and not the building. And so we thank you for what you're going to do to reach this community, to let this be a gathering place where people from this community and subdivisions can come and have meetings and Bible study groups, all kinds of things that this building can be used for. And we thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do. And we thank you that you've given us that promise that you will build your church. And we claim that promise now in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: When we launched out to start Harbin's, we really didn't know how we were gonna do this. It started off with just two families, really, the Teefer Tillers and the Doyles. But quickly, God opened doors and brought um, four other families on board with us. And um, so right now, I would just like to take a moment to recognize what I call the Harbin's originals, the, the ones who were with us before there wasn't us the ones who sat at a kitchen table and said, we're in. And so this, mor- this morning, this afternoon, I know some of them are here. And so if you were part of that original core group that launched Harbin's, I'd like for you to please stand, if you would. All right. <laughs> we have, of course, I've already mentioned Greg and his family, Greg Tiefertiller, the Bryson family, and the Palmers that are here, and of course, my family's here. We're missing the rites, and we're missing the Mormons. But all these families took a risk and stepped out to do something kind of crazy. Start some church with a crazy name at that time, Milestone. It started off as. And start something new. And because they did, because they took that step, if we didn't have at least that many families knew we couldn't do it. Because they did, we have what we have here today. So y'all can have a seat now if you would. There's one other family uh, that just couldn't make it, uh, that was part of that original core. Uh, their names are the Mormons. That's their names. They're, they're not Mormons. Their names are the Mormons, David and Angela. And they sent me a note lat- last night that I want to read to you. It says, We rejoice with you and praise the Lord for his faithfulness and unfailing love towards Harbin's church. For each of you, he has accomplished something significant for his kingdom. This moment is a milestone for the community of Harbin's, for the Church of Jesus Christ, and for each member of your congregation, present and past. We feel privileged to have been part of your church and and we have many memories of our time at Harbin's, sitting in the front row each Sunday morning, setting up on Friday nights, making the coffee, praying D wouldn't hurt his back again. We trust each of your members will continue to do great things for the Lord And they will tell the miraculous story of how the church building came to be. How God provided far more than anyone believed possible. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. That's our family verse, which is on a rock somewhere around there, right over there. It's our hope that Harvin's church and those who represent it will continue to glorify God in every situation, at church, in the community, and in life. And it's a blessing to hear that from them. But I've also asked, um, really, if any, I, I usually don't kind of go spontaneous like that, but if, if any of our original launch group would like to share a word, they can. I've asked one specific family who's still with us right now to go ahead and, and share a word uh, of, of your journey from the get-go, from the kitchen table to now. But if anybody else would like to share anything, uh, I want to give you that opportunity as well. But first, I've asked D. Bryson, Uh, if he'd be interested in sharing a few words with us.
5: Um, It was in the fall of 2006 that uh, Steve and another minister working with him, Greg Tiefertiller, came over to our house one evening and um, sat around our kitchen table and it was uh, another family that was with us as well, Frank and Beth Wright, who aren't here today. So it was the six of us sitting there, and Steve began to lay out his vision for Harbin's. It wasn't called Harbin's at the time, but the vision and the purpose was the same. God had laid on Steve's heart <coughs> the vision of a new church in the Harbin's area. And we were wondering if God was calling our family to be part of that vision. After a lot of uh, discussion and prayer, we embarked on a journey, and it's been a journey somewhat different than we had imagined for our family. Um, The journey that has been hard in a lot of ways. It has taken a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of just plain hard work. There have been some hard discussions full of emotion and struggle, and there have been hard lessons to learn
6: but hard work and learning things the hard way on this journey has also brought us to a new level of appreciation appreciation for church worshiping together as a body and worshiping together as a family we have also learned to appreciate what it means to wait on god waiting on his timing and his ways
5: Harbins has also brought new relationships to our family Um, We've made some new and very dear friends at Harbin's, as have Tanner and Jenna. Over the last few years, Harbin's has truly become family to us.
6: Harbin's has been a journey filled with bounty and blessings. Blessings that we personally have received as a family, like working together on church projects, going on a family mission trip, and growing in our faith as we struggle through challenges that we have faced on this journey also blessings that we have seen as a church body, like growing in number as God adds new believers to our church, and also like this wonderful new building, a gift that now gives us a presence and a place from which to reach the people of Harbins.
5: Harbins has also meant feelings of insecurity and insufficiency as we looked at all there was and still is to do. But it has has not been a bad thing we have both realized that we needed to take 2 Corinthians twelve nine to heart, which says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest in me.
6: The journey that is Harbins means new. New ways of living out our faith, new ways of making decisions about how we use our time and talents and money that reflect what God is calling us to do as we seek his will. It has shown us new ways to teach our children what it means to be a Christ follower.
5: Lastly, Harbin's has been one of um, sacrifice and surrender, but not the, not the sacrifice that brings to mind thoughts of giving up something that you really want, but something altogether different. It has been the, uh, it's the kind of sacrifice where we have to surrender to what we think we want for what God wants for us. And we've found that this, we've found that is, what we found is that God is, has far greater things in store for us if we will just surrender to him.
6: Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God?
2: I knew you'd cry, I just yeah. <laughs> He gets that from his mother. <laughs> All right. Uh, would anybody else like to share anything? I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of other people. that We could go on and on. Dr. Truett allowed us to meet in the school for three years. And it went smooth most of the time. There was a few hiccups here or there. Um, uh, there were plenty of other people that came out from other churches, other sister churches. Some of, Most of our families were from First Baptist Snellville and, and, and friends that came from those churches to... To help us out for different events. And and our parents who support us. People that support us financially from afar. Um, it was just amazing how many supporters we were having. Give money to the church that had never even seen the church. Had never been here. Had never heard me preach. Had never, know, but they were just giving money. Um, but certainly the biggest surprise was when this land and this building was given to us. And I know... This person doesn't want attention. Matter of fact, for the first year I had no idea who it was. But um about um not me, I get it from my dad too. I mean um, a few weeks ago when Mr. Ewan visited us, for those who didn't know, Heather already let the cat out of the bag, she said she didn't make sure everyone knew that the man who made this possible through his financial giving was here with us that morning, and he's here with us today as well. And I haven't asked Mr. Ewing to, to say anything. Um, um, I didn't want to put you on the spot. What I, what I do want to do is to thank you for being obedient to God. I thank the Brysons for being obedient to God, for stepping out and serving. And I thank uh, Anchor for being obedient to God, for stepping out and supporting. And I thank you for being obedient to God, for stepping out... And uh, and giving to God, not knowing me, not knowing this church, but you know your Savior. And you know that he's going to do something great with the gift once you give it to him. So I would like to recognize Mr. Harvey Ewing. And um, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'd like for us all to stand up and just thank you for this wonderful building that you've given us, Mr. Ewing. As we, as I thought about, a lot of memories were coming back as I thought about this church. And in three years, it feels like it's been 30 in many ways, but three years. um, And Greg, you'll remember one of the influential verses for us, starting off, was Deuteronomy, chapter 6, starting in verse 4. And this was influential to us because in our previous In my previous pastor, I was a children's pastor, and Greg was a pastor to young adults, and we had a lot of involvement with children, and we had a lot of concerns with overall that that in many ways the church in America was missing the mark. We weren't reaching the next generation in so many different ways, but we felt so convicted by this passage, and it's very familiar, and you probably all know it, but I want to read it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, And with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. And on your gates. And I went back to that passage as I was just thinking about the service and just kept going back over it over and over again thinking about it and how influential it was to us because we knew that charge given to parents to make sure your children are instructed in the ways of God, and, and that was such a large part of what we're doing, and so we intentionally designed the way we do church to involve children, not just having children here with us in the service, but incorporating them into our worship elements and then what we do with our small groups and so always thinking about how we're going to pass on the faith to the next generation but when you look at this passage here the, the first priority in the passage isn't the children the first priority in the passage is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and there's a danger of getting so focused on trying to reach the next generation that we do it at the expense of making sure we're loving God with all our heart. And so what Harbin's is, and has to be, and has to continue to be, is a church that challenges first and foremost the parents to grow in their love of God, their passion for God. And that's what we want to see. And if that, if we can do that, and if we see parents loving God the way they should love God, then the passing it on to their children will happen. Because if it's the other way around, it doesn't work. And there is a danger within churches like ours that try to integrate the family more into the worship service of what I what I call almost an idolatry of the family and what happens I believe with a lot of us sometimes we love our our kids so much and we want them to to love the Lord you know but we spend all our time thinking about that that we fail to develop our own faith first We we fail to develop a passion for God if you try to teach your children about God first without you having the proper passion for God. It isn't going to happen. It'll be fake. Then you're just going to be teaching them rituals. You're just going to be teaching them some sort of empty religion. But what will really take hold is when they see you loving God. I've used the illustration so many times. I See, I have a bad memory. I don't know how many times I've used the same illustration. So I know those who have heard me preach before are probably going, oh, Steve, come on. That's the fourth time. But my son, when we watch the NFL, what, what team do you cheer for, buddy? Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. No, not the Steelers, Toby. The Dallas Cowboys. And why does he cheer for the Dallas Cowboys? Noah, have you ever been to Dallas? No. Have you ever been to Texas? Once? Okay. Um, uh, Are your grandparents from Dallas? Was I born in Dallas? So I don't know how I became a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I know how you became a Dallas Cowboy fan because you watched Daddy sitting there going, oh, come on, Momo, you can't throw that interception. You watch me sitting there going, woo, yeah. You, he watched me with a passion for the Cowboys. He, had, he didn't know anything about the Cowboys. You probably don't even know who Roger Staubach is, do you? No, not yet. I got some work to do, okay? But the reason Noah cheers for the Cowboys is because he sees his dad has a passion for the cowboys. And we can't reach the next generation, we can't teach the children, unless we have an absolute, genuine, passionate, white-hot passion for God. And that's where it starts. And so, I was reading that, and I decided to, to read a little further in Deuteronomy, because it's always wise to consider the context of whatever you're reading, and not just pull out... This, and I found it very interesting as I was reading yesterday the next verses. It says this, And when the Lord your God, this is Moses speaking to the Israelites before they cross into the promised land, and when the Lord your God brings you into the land that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of all the good things that you did not fill, cisterns that you did not dig, And vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and you are a fall, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And I thought about this building. I thought about this building that we did not earn. That we didn't pay for, but it was given to us. in this land that we didn't earn, but it was given to us. And I thought, there's a danger, Harvins. Because what happened to the Israelites, what Moses warned them not to do, they did. They forgot their Lord. And so I have basically four challenges to the people of Harbors and to those here who are guests with us that are not part of our church. How can we forget the Lord? I'll tell you one way we can forget the Lord is if we take his provision for granted. And in the process, forget to be thankful. And we just, well, we've been given everything, I guess, you know. And we forget to be thankful, and we forget to be constantly on our knees asking God to help us. And that's the danger. There's an easy way to forget the Lord, is to forget that, or to begin to take His provision for granted. We'll also forget the Lord if we, continue, if we fail to have a continuous spirit of thanksgiving In the good times and in the bad. Because if you're all pumped up about Harbors right now when we've got this wonderful, unexpected gift that's given to us, guess what? There will come times of plenty and there will come times of want. And the danger is that when the times of want come, we forget about God. Another way that we could fail to remember the Lord is if we fail to realize ...that we are still called to sacrifice. One of the fears that... I had several different pastors tell me... I think, Dad, uh, I know a couple of the church planters up there... ...when I was in New York um, said this to me... ...or maybe it was another conference I was at with you. They said, well, I'm really excited for you and everything. And, and literally, every church planter... ...when I would share the story of what God did here... ...they were just kind of blown away. You got kid. That doesn't happen. And then they would say, you know, God, be careful that your people fail to have ownership of the building. Be careful. Be careful that your people don't think, well, God's just given us everything. I don't have to make any sacrifices. And that's the other way we can forget the Lord. We're still called to sacrifice. We're still called to give everything we can to Him. You may not be a person that has a lot of money, so your sacrifice can't be financial that much, but maybe you can give of your time, or maybe you can give of your talents or other resources. But we'll forget the Lord if we fail to be... Sacrificial, And finally, if we forget, this brings me back to Deuteronomy 6, if after all this, we forget to tell our kids the great story of what God did, that those rocks over there, the reason those rocks are there, well, first of all, I got the idea from a church planter in, what was his name, um, Dale, and remember meeting Dale, Greg, and Dale told us how he had these people bring rocks to the church when they joined, they were little, okay, we went we went big, um, and they brought rocks when they would join the church and, and, and when God did some sort of miraculous thing in their life It was a milestone And they would bring these rocks And they'd pile these rocks up as the as people came And so that's what that, that is over there We got the idea from that But we, we got the, uh, I guess, the biblical confirmation to do it From Joshua chapter 4 And if you remember the passage in Joshua chapter 4 The Israelites have been given the land They've been given them cisterns they did not dig. Here, here it comes. You go in and take it. matter of fact, God said, I'm going to go before you. And he was going to take care of wiping everybody out. The reason it got hard is because they began to doubt. But here they are. They're crossing the Jordan. God miraculously stops the water of the Jordan. They cross, and he tells uh, Joshua to gather 12 stones from the Jordan and make a memorial on the other side of the Jordan. And the purpose of that memorial in Joshua chapter 4, it's one purpose. It says, so that when your children come and ask, what do these stand for? You can tell them what the Lord has done. And so the challenge for us not to forget the Lord is that don't take this for granted and constantly be telling your kids what God has done. Even if you're not a part of Harbin's, you can tell your kids, hey, God is good. Look at what he did over there at Harbin's. And so that's the challenge. That's part of why we have those stones there is that we want our kids to know what God has done and harbors, And all of our stones are there. We have stones there from families that have moved away, families that God has moved away, but they're all there because every single one of them has been integral to this church being what it is. And we're thankful for what God has done. So what I want to do now is to say a word of prayer. And I'd like for everyone, if you would, I'd like for you to stand up. And I'd like for you to 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 join hands with those around you. And I want us just in one time of prayer here to dedicate this building to the Lord. So cross the aisles here. We don't want any division, no left and right. We We want everyone praying together. And I'll lead us in just a prayer of dedication for this building that God's given us. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you that you do marvelous and wonderful things sometimes lord when we read the scriptures and we see the miracles we wonder do you still do those things and my answer is yes i believe you do i don't just believe you do because i don't see any evidence in scripture that miraculous things have stopped i believe you do because i've witnessed miracles i've witnessed this church and the supernatural way you brought about uh, us having this facility and the supernatural way you brought about this group of believers coming together And, Lord, I pray now that you get our hearts in the right place as a church so that we can serve you with this building. It's only a tool. God, we realize it's a tool, that the church is the people and not the building. But what a wonderful tool you've given us. And, God, we want to be good stewards of that tool. So now, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, your presence would be with us in this facility. We pray, Lord, that you would use it in this community to reach the lost. We pray that this building would be a lighthouse so that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ would shine out in the Harbin's community, in Gwinnett County, in Georgia, in the United States, and beyond. God, I pray that this would be a place where hundreds hundreds and thousands are baptized. Lord, I pray that this place would be a place that launches missionaries out to the unreached people groups of the world. Lord, I pray that this place would be a place where the gospel is preached unashamedly, without being watered down. God, I pray that this would be a place where the children hear the wonderful story of what you have done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. So we ask now, Lord, that you would take this building. It's yours. We give it to you, God. It's yours. It's always been yours. We pray, Lord, that it would be used for your kingdom in a mighty way. And we ask this in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Y'all can be seated again. I'd like to just conclude our service with a, a little slideshow, and we're going to conclude with this with this video, and then Deemer's going to close us with a word of prayer. So, uh, as you watch the video here, first of all, let me just give a little disclaimer. We've been having some uh, uh, technical difficulties lately, so if it hangs up and freezes, all right, we'll just we'll just pray and close the service, all right? But uh, we want to show this video kind of as a, a timeline of what God's done here at Harbin's. Hope you enjoy it.
1: right let's say a final word of prayer together father you are mighty to save and uh, as we reflect on the church that's what the church is it's a bunch of saved people a bunch of people who were rebels and insurrectionists against the king a bunch of people who deserved death and wrath and hell and a bunch of people who received a permanent stay of execution and a pardon and forgiveness and freedom. Thank you so much for doing that for the church. And Lord, often we we say, and it's true, the church is not a building, it is people. But help us to remember that it's not just people generically, it is a family. It is sons and daughters who have been adopted into your household. And now we are one, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And, Father, we pray specifically for Harbin's Community Baptist Church, a small local expression of that worldwide family of God. Father, I pray that you would help Harbin's to be your hands and feet in this community and beyond. I pray that you would help this church to represent and reflect Christ well, that you would help us to love well, to love you, to love others, to spread joy to the world. And, God, we don't, we don't even deserve to be used by you, and yet you invite us to participate in the work that you're doing in the world, and we thank you so much for that. Thank you again for everybody in this room who has, to one degree or another, in different ways, um, supported and encouraged and blessed Harbin's Community Baptist Church. And God, as we uh, dismiss now and go to our, our fellowship time with food, I, I thank you for those who have brought food, who have prepared it, and I pray that you would uh, bless our continued fellowship uh, this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you want
2: to- Yeah, let me just say a word real quick. Heather asked if she, if y'all would just wait, there are, there are refreshments downstairs, just some cookies and cakes and um, lemonade and stuff. Just um, please stick around, uh, enjoy that. And if you if you're new here and haven't seen the facility, we'd love to just show you around, walk around as much as you want, and and just take in um, the building here that God's given us. But uh, Heather said she would like a few minutes to get a couple of things ready downstairs. Is that right? So go ahead, um, and <laughs> you're dismissed. And uh, and then so, uh, so give them a few seconds, get some things ready down there. But you are dismissed. And I'm going to have you all go ahead and start the slideshow with the construction photos again. So while people are waiting, they can watch that. But you're dismissed. Thank you.